This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. gives us at times these these points of contact so that there's a moment in time when our faith is actually released. And I think that's a good way to understand it. There are things that God gives us. A couple of examples. Jesus at one point told this guy he was blind. He put some mud in his eye and he said, now go wash at the pool of Siloam. Now there was a pool that was closer. But Jesus gave him specific instructions. Go, he said, go wash the mud out of your eyes. And as the man went and did that, he received his sight. As Pastor Robert continues his teaching series through the book of Acts, he'll be reminding us that God many times moves supernaturally through the natural. God does the miraculous all the time, and it can be seen as he moves on the hearts of others, or even through nature, to bring about his plans. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now that's a section of the temple. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now now give me your attention before you read on into it. I'm going to skip through a couple of paragraphs, and then we'll read the rest of the chapter together and talk about it. But that passage used to confuse me a little bit. I'd read all these signs and wonders, all these miracles. They're, they're all gathering together in the corner over here, Solomon's porch, that part of the temple. Okay, I'm good to that part. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord. So, so does that mean that the multitudes of men and women who were being added to the church were afraid to join them in the temple? No, that's not what it means. What it means, what it means is that out of the tens of thousands of people who gathered daily in Jerusalem within the temple for those three prayer times during the day, everybody knew who these people were. You with me? You got maybe five to 10,000 people, depending on how many women and children were there. There were five to 10,000 people who had made the decision to follow Christ. They had come to the conclusion that Jesus is their Messiah. They're still Jewish. But now they understand the Messiah came. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the living God, actually is the one that they crucified. And God raised him from the dead. And they had come to that place of understanding. They're continuing in their Jewish traditions, just like you know JP was talking about with the Passover Seder. They were going into the temple three times a day to pray, like they always had. You had thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Jerusalem. Every Jew who was in Jerusalem would go to the temple to pray three times a day. 
the morning prayers, the noon prayers, midday prayers, the evening prayers, they, they would go and do that. Well, that, can, that continued. But now you had the apostles. You had these 12, and they would gather together, and it's like, hey, we're going to be in Solomon's porch. Just like I might tell you to meet me at Starbucks. You know, some of you have met with me at Starbucks. They didn't have a Starbucks. But anyway, Solomon's porch, they're gathered together. There's a few thousand of them. They're teaching. They're stu- you know, the, the apostles are just talking to them about what Jesus had talked to them about. That's where we got the Bible from. That's where we got the New Testament scriptures. They're just communicating. These who had walked with Jesus for three and a half years are communicating to the others who had come to faith what it was Jesus had taught them out of the Old Testament. And so as they're doing that, all these things are happening and the word's getting out. You know, the lame guy that got healed in chapter 4 and everybody saw it. Everybody was aware of it. And then Peter and John were arrested and they were threatened with, you know, severe punishment, whatever. We're not even told exactly what they said. And, and then released. Everybody knew. Ananias and Sapphira. Extreme accountability within that early church. We've had people stop coming here because they're like, everybody knows you, everybody knows your business, you know, and it's just, there's just too much accountability there, you know? Go to a big church where I can hide. Nobody knows me. Can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Listen, there's accountability, and there's accountability. Nobody's yet died in here, right? Nobody's dropped dead when we confronted them for sin. If it happens, I'll let you know. Word got out. And so now you've got these few thousand, you know, that are gathered over here praying, studying, being taught and the rest in the temple complex who esteemed them highly. They respected them, but they were afraid to go and participate. Curious. Man, what's going on? What is that? That, that, that guy Jesus, they crucified a couple of months ago. Yeah, 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 but what about? I don't know. Well, let's go find out. Man, I'm not going over there. Why not? Well, for one thing, people die. Their lives aren't right. And for another thing, the priesthood, they're out to get them. The high priest has already told them, we're going to kill you if you keep talking about Jesus. No, just watch from over here. You realize you got people that work like that? There are people around you who would like to know the real deal in your life, but they're afraid to ask. Now, not afraid like this, probably, hopefully. You understand? Be alert to who they are. Be praying for them. Be looking for opportunities to talk to them. Who knows what can happen? Some of these people, some of the ones who dared not join them eventually did. You can be sure. You can be sure. Some of them eventually did. But look at what goes on. Let's read on a little bit. Believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities, to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. All of them. All of them were healed. That's incredible. But what's this thing about Peter's shadow? Was Peter, sh- I mean, what, those people were healed just because Peter's shadow touched them? Yeah. Yeah. But remember, if you were here with us when we looked at the passage where the guy that was crippled from birth was healed outside the temple gate, one of the first things Peter did when the the thousands who were inside the temple saw this guy jumping and leaping and praising God, as Luke worded it, when they saw that and realized that something supernatural had taken place, Peter rebuked them for, for being amazed that the God who created the heavens and the earth could do that. But he also admonished them, rebuked them, 
for looking at him as though he were special. He said, guys, don't, don't look at us that way. We didn't do this. It wasn't Peter. It wasn't Peter's shadow. Well, then why is it even brought up? What's the whole point? Well, I think the best way to understand it is it's like a point of contact. The way Pastor Chuck Smith words it, Chuck, you know, started the Calvary chapels out in California. He says, you know, there, God gives us at times these, these points of contact so that there's a moment in time when our faith is actually released. And I think that's a good way to understand it. There are things that God gives us. A couple of examples. Jesus at one point told this guy he was blind. He put some mud in his eye and he said, now go wash at the pool of Siloam. Now there was a pool that was closer. But Jesus gave him specific instructions. Go, he said, go wash the mud out of your eyes. And as the man went and did that, he received his sight. There are a couple of, couple of times like that where he gave, there were things that people had to do. He gave instructions like that. There are things, the book of James tells us that we need to use this stuff. Now, what is this? Well, it's, it's extra virgin olive oil from Publix. Nothing magical about it, mystical or supernatural about it. It's just, you know, I don't know, what, a buck 99 or something. We didn't like have a special ritual to make it holy olive oil. But the book of James says that if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint the person with oil, pray over them. And he says the person will be healed. Does it happen every time? No. Why not? Well, you know, the only answer that I've been able to come up with that, you know, for that is that he just knows that he can't trust us that much. If every single time we prayed for someone, they got healed, what would happen? Same thing that happened here. They'd be coming from Boca and West Palm and Naples and Homestead and Key West and be lining Washington Avenue. Maybe Pastor Robert's shadow will pass and touch him. See, he knows me too well. He knows me. I mean, I hate to admit it, but what would happen if, I don't know, maybe I'd give in to temptation and end up driving a Bentley. <laughs> and he loves me too much to let that happen. Do you understand? He loves me too much to, to let me start, you know, worshiping at another altar. And don't kid yourself. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. When you see men exploiting the sheep, patting their pockets, nobody needs, you know, a 60-room house, a couple of Bentleys. I saw a Lamborghini yesterday I wouldn't mind having, but not in this lifetime. You understand? Nobody needs that. Main Thing Radio is the daily radio ministry of Robert Fountain, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel in Miami Beach, Florida. Robert is currently teaching through the book of Acts. This book is Grand Central Station for how the church should function today. In it, we see the fledgling first century church learn what it means to walk in the new covenant that Jesus provided. Now here's Tracy with some information about how you can connect with us online. Most of us use Facebook and Twitter at least once a day. Please check out our Facebook and Twitter page. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information on everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. 
Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to MainThingRadio.com. Thanks for that information, Tracy. We do encourage you to visit MainThingRadio.com for all of our social media links. We'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider making a secure donation to help support the ongoing expansion of Main Thing Radio. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. And don't forget to join us again, same time, same place, as Pastor Robert continues through the Book of Acts, right here on Main Thing Radio.